Thank you for listening to an audio resource from Stanwich Church, located in Greenwich and Stamford, Connecticut. The vision of Stanwich Church is to know Christ and make him known. The gospel lesson for today is from John chapter 12, verses 1 through 8. This can be found on page 1068 of your Pew Bible. On his way to Jerusalem for the Passover, Jesus attended a dinner at the home of Mary and Martha. There his feet were washed with an expensive oil in an act of humility and devotion. A reading from John chapter 12, beginning with the first verse. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. So they gave, him a, gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of the perfume. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why was this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Jesus said, leave her alone so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. For the poor you always have with you, but you do not always have me. May God add his blessing to the reading of his holy word. When we were still living in New York City, Nancy and I had a good friend. And he was homeless. And this is going to sound strange when you first hear it, but our friend was intentionally homeless. A young man in his 20s, he came from an upper middle class family, but because of his love for Jesus and his love for the the people of God, the least of these, he was intentionally homeless. And I'm not talking about just one overnight that a lot of people do for charity when they sleep out in the streets. No, our friend was out in the streets for months and months on end. He would work from the inside to learn about the plight of homeless people, and he was in communication with some of the agencies to work on solutions for them. It was an amazing, inspirational friend to have. And our friend would come and visit us in our apartment occasionally. We would do our best to spoil him with a good meal. We would hand him clean socks. I gave him my bicycle one time, which promptly got stolen. So we got him another bicycle. I was really inspired by him, but there's an aspect of the story that you wouldn't know just by me telling it. The aspect of the story is that when our friend would come into our apartment, well, there was a particular odor that he would come with. Any of you have worked with homeless people, you, you know what I'm talking about. The best word I can use to describe it is pungent. And while he was in our home, it would fill the entire apartment with that scent. And even for days afterward, after he would leave, I could still smell it. And I would find myself being bothered by the smell, but then I would kind of check that instinct a little bit. And I would say, you know, it's actually a beautiful aroma. 
because it reveals his love for Christ and his love for the poor. When we worship Jesus and when we serve others, it changes the atmosphere and it changes the world. That's what we're going to see in today's scripture. And I hope that by the end of it, we all will be inspired to give that aroma of Christ. Let's look in our scripture today to find out how. This is John chapter 12, verse 1. I encourage you to take out your pew Bible if you've already put it away. We'll be going through all the verses of this scripture together today. John chapter 12, verse 1. Six days before the Passover, Jesus therefore came to Bethany, where Lazarus was, whom Jesus had raised from the dead. I want to pause for a moment and talk about where we are in the timeline, where we are in the story of Jesus. It says six days before the Passover. This isn't just any Passover. This is the famous Passover that Jesus entered into when he served the Last Supper with his disciples. This is just a couple of days before what we now call Holy Week. This is a day or two before his triumphal entry, Palm Sunday. And it's a couple of days after Jesus has raised Lazarus from the dead. This might be Friday night. It's hard to really tell from the story. And if it is, this is a Sabbath dinner that they're holding for Jesus in Bethany. So all that's about to take place, these events that we're familiar with, if we know the Christian story, everything that happens to Jesus in Holy Week is about to happen. And it's just a couple of days after Jesus or Lazarus has been raised from the dead by Jesus. Verse 2, so they gave a dinner for him there. Martha served, and Lazarus was one of those reclining with him at table. Notice Lazarus is, Lazarus is mentioned already twice in this opening sentences. Recall that this story was written not in English, but in Greek. There were no exclamation points or underlines or italics. So if you really wanted to get the attention of your reader, you'd repeat it. Lazarus is at the table, John tells us. Lazarus is there. Don't miss it. You see who's at the table? All these people around the table for this dinner? Pay attention to Lazarus. Now, why is Lazarus there? Well, I wonder if the author here is not just having us see Lazarus, this resurrected man who once was dead just a couple days ago, not just have us see us, but possibly to smell maybe what he smelled like. Why do I say that? Well, the last time we heard about Lazarus, if you turn back a few paragraphs in your Bible to John chapter 11, verse 39, this is the last reference to Lazarus. Jesus said, take away the stone. This is when Lazarus has already died. Martha, the sister of the dead man, said to him, Lord, by this time there will be an odor. For he's been dead four days. Just a couple of days later, we're at dinner now with Lazarus. He's at the table. Do you see him there? Can you smell him there? <laughs> now, I have no doubt that, that Lazarus' resurrected body probably wasn't emitting any kind of odor, the stench of death. But maybe his clothes were. Maybe his hair was. There were no laundromats or dry cleaners in Jesus' time. It's not like he got everything laundered and had a nice hot shower. Maybe his scent was still on him. I don't know. But I wonder, though, if the text gives us a clue about it. Verse 3. Lazarus is there. Lazarus is there. Verse 3. Mary, therefore, took a pound of expensive ointment. What's that therefore? Therefore. Maybe she was doing a favor to the whole 
group. Mary therefore took a pound of expensive ointment made from pure nard and anointed the feet of Jesus and wiped his feet with her hair. The house was filled with the fragrance of perfume. It's possible that one of the reasons she broke open that vial of expensive perfume was to fill the house with a better fragrance. It's also possible, this is the way I've always traditionally thought about the story, that she breaks it open and and anoints Jesus' feet with it, not just because there's a man who's been raised from the dead at the table, but also because the man who did the resurrection is at the table, and he is worthy of praise. He's worthy of her extravagant worship. Maybe she opened that vial of perfume for both reasons, to worship Jesus and to serve the group, to bring this fragrance into the atmosphere. What could this possibly teach us? Well, I believe there's something in this. Uh, It reminds me of a, a verse in 2 Corinthians that describes our role in this world as Christians. Maybe you know it. 2 Corinthians 2, verse 14. But thanks be to God who in Christ always leads us in triumphal procession and through us spreads the fragrance of the knowledge of him everywhere. For we are the aroma of Christ to God. To those who are being saved and among those who are perishing. To one, a fragrance from death to death. To the other, a fragrance from life to life. Who is sufficient for these things? Christians, we are called to be in this world, to be different in this world. To bring with us something that changes the atmosphere, the aroma of Christ. How do you know when the aroma of Christ is present? It usually is is describable by the fruit of the Spirit. When somebody comes into a room or is in a situation and they're exhibiting love, joy, peace, patience, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, and self-control. When the fruit of the Spirit are growing off the vines of our lives, it changes the atmosphere. It's like a sweet aroma. I experience this when I go to your homes. You know, as a pastor, I get to go to a lot of people's homes. And I enter into the front door of your home, and it's almost like smelling a sweet aroma. The aroma of Christ is there. Or when I see you in your workplaces, I go to a lot of athletic games now because my kids are in high school and I see you on the bleachers and the gym and on the sideline and you emit, you display the aroma of Christ out there in this world. I was thinking, as, as I'm sure all of us are this weekend, about what's going on in Israel. And I was in my mind's eye just kind of walking those streets of Jerusalem, as many of you have done with our trips to Israel. And I thought of the aroma of Christ. When I thought of that couple, maybe you've been there, there's these Armenian Christians and they have a a shop where they sell ceramics and tiles. Some of you, I see your heads nodding. You've been on this trip with Dr. Widman. You're going through the streets of Jerusalem and it's kind of chaotic. There's this cacophony of sounds and smells and people and then you enter into their shop and it's like a different atmosphere. They have the love of Christ, the joy of Christ, the peace of Christ. I have good memories of them, and I'm praying for them this weekend. I'm thinking also of our mission partner, Pastor Hannah Massad. 
The name of his organization is Christian Mission to Gaza. He emailed us this morning. He's safe right now in Jordan. But those of you who know Pastor Hannah, he's been in this pulpit a number of times and he's prayed with us. He has that countenance upon him, that joy, that smile. He brings with him wherever he goes the aroma of Christ. I'm praying for him right now. And for all Christians in the Middle East and in the Ukraine and in all these war-torn places that they might be, as Gina prayed a few moments ago, the hands and the feet of Jesus. They might display the fruit of the Spirit. They might carry with them the aroma of Christ. Yes, even in the war. When we love Jesus, when we serve people, it changes the atmosphere and it changes the world. Now, not all of us have this aroma of Christ all the time. Sometimes, sometimes our attitude stinks. There's another person around the table whose attitude stinks at this story. You know who he is. Verse 4. But Judas Iscariot, one of his disciples, he who was about to betray him, said, Why is this ointment not sold for 300 denarii and given to the poor? He said this not because he cared about the poor, but because he was a thief. And having charge of the money bag, he used to help himself to what was put into it. Mary has just given this extravagant, this costly, worshipful gift to Jesus. And Judas is thinking all about himself. He's being stingy and he's being selfish, whereas Mary is being generous and she's focused on Christ. You see, that's the difference between the aroma of Christ and sinful nature. Sinful nature makes us stingy and selfish, whereas worship causes us to focus not on ourselves, but on him and to be generous. You know how generous Mary was being here, how extravagant she was being, this vial of perfume. You know, I don't know, maybe some of you ladies have vials of perfume on the shelf in your bathroom. This is more than that. This is special. This is different. These vials of perfume were probably passed down through the generations as an inheritance. Mary probably inherited this from her mother. And it was so costly, it was so expensive that she could have sold it. It's almost like a, um, a safety net. If a woman lost her husband or lost her means of provision, she could sell it. 300 denarii is about a whole year's worth of support. Once you broke one of these vials open, it wasn't like a normal vial. It was made out of stone usually, something that wasn't porous or even marble. So once you broke it open, it was open. You couldn't seal it back up again. So she's pouring out this extravagant, costly, sacrificial gift upon Jesus. The other Gospels tell us that she places it on his head as well, like a king being anointed. And in this Gospel, we get the picture of her wiping his feet with her hair. This would have been very unusual in Jesus' time. A woman would only show her hair to her husband. This is not only an extravagant, generous, costly, sacrificial gift. It's personal. It's intimate. And it is focused entirely on Christ. This aroma changes the atmosphere of the home. The fragrance fills the whole home. And Judas, by contrast with his selfish, stingy attitude, stinks. I was thinking about Judas. It's easy to pick on him, you know. Obviously, but I was thinking, you know, what in me ever 
operates like, like Judas. I get that way, if I'm being honest. I get stingy. I get self-focused. Why do we do that? Or why do I do that? I can't speak for you. I think it's probably because I forget who is actually in our midst. Can you imagine? Jesus is at the t- Jesus is at the table with Judas, and he's thinking about himself. Mary got it. Mary understood. This is Jesus. This is the Christ. This is the Son of God. This is the Lamb of God who would take away the sins of the world. He's worthy of all of our praise. He's worthy of everything we have. Judas forgot. And Jesus was not only at the table in this story with these people, he's in our midst today. Where two or three are gathered in his name, where he's enthroned on the praises of his people, where the Holy Spirit is present. He's right here with us. We have no reason to be stingy. She gave an extravagant gift, but Jesus himself would give even more. She broke open the bottle. His body was broken open. She gave her oil. He gave his blood. You've heard this phrase, you can't outgive God. And when you see her extravagance, it makes Judas's stinginess seem even more offensive. Jesus affirms Mary's extravagance. In verse 7, Jesus said, Leave her alone, Judas, so that she may keep it for the day of my burial. You know, this, this ointment, this, this nard would have been um, quite strong and beautiful smell. Actually, somebody told me after the first service, they've smelled nard. It's a plant that they would cultivate and grind it up and put it into this oil. And the woman said she smelled nard and she said, it puts Chanel to shame. <laughs> it smells so good. But think about this with me. Jesus said she's uh, keeping it for the day of my burial. If this ointment was placed upon him, upon his head, it would have gotten into his hair, into his pores, into his feet, onto his body. And again, there's no dry cleaners in Jesus' time. There's no laundromat. Jesus probably didn't take a shower between this moment and all the other moments of Holy Week, which means when he was upon the cross, perhaps he could smell it still. amidst all the violence happening to his body, amidst all the chaos swirling around him, amidst all how alone he must have felt in that moment, the war raging outside the city gates of Jerusalem, perhaps he could smell it a little bit and be reminded of Mary's worship. And maybe he could catch a glimpse into future generations beyond Mary, people like us who when we see him upon the cross, we're not mocking him, we're not killing him, but we're worshiping him too. Because he's worthy of all of our worship for his extravagant sacrifice for us. Next time I see an image of him on the cross, it's going to be a little bit fuller picture for me because I'm going to imagine him smelling Mary's generosity, her worship, and ours. Verse 8, for the poor you'll always have with you, but you will not always have me. He's saying, look, there'll be lots of opportunity for you to serve the poor. Judas, stingy, selfish people. But I'm here now. Mary's right. You see, when we worship him, 
when we serve others, it changes the atmosphere. It changes our world. I was thinking about that very thing this past week on Thursday when I was meeting with the coffee shop owner in Stanford that we've partnered with for our mission there. Listen, Stanford is a good example of costly, extravagant worship for Jesus. Sacrificial. And I was meeting with this coffee shop owner right in the heart of the city, right in the heart of Stanford. We were right next to the window of his coffee shop, and I was just looking out over the city streets, and I was thanking him for the use of his space. We use his coffee shop on Monday nights for Alpha class. Alpha is for people to come in, just ask the basic questions about Christianity. And we've, we've got a rolling class there on Monday nights. I think the third or fourth class in a row, 20 to 30 people each class. People are coming to faith through Alpha in this coffee shop. It's awesome. And he keeps it open for us. He normally would close. His hours close long before we get there on Monday nights. But he keeps it open, and he has a staff person serving food to our Alpha group. And I was sitting with him there, and I was thanking him for his generosity. And I had to ask him for a favor. We had to switch something in the logistics. And I said, would that work for you? And he said, Nathan, whatever you guys need. And he started getting a little emotional. I could see tears welling up. And he said, Nathan, three of my staff, have come to Christ since you guys started using this space. Did you know that? I learned that on Thursday. I asked David, did you know that? Yeah. People are coming to Christ through Alpha, but also his staff are leaning in and listening to the material too. And I believe that those three people and the people who've come through Alpha are just the first fruit of many, many more people in the city of Stanford who are going to come to Christ through our sacrificial, costly, extravagant project. Because when we worship Jesus and when we serve people, it changes the atmosphere. The aroma of Christ fills even a city. And it changes the world. Amen. To learn more about the mission and vision of Stanwich Church and how you can get involved, please visit stanwichchurch.org.